This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Make sure to get out there this weekend. Uh, this weekend, it's the King of the Streets event out at Great Lakes Dragway. And, you know, they were saying, oh, it's, it's hot, sticky. It's just, oh, it's summer. You know, it's beautiful right now, Jeff Orlowski. Absolutely gorgeous. and Light what- breeze. I mean, I don't really feel that much humi- you know, humidity. Now, in four hours, I can't tell you what's going to happen. But, I mean, as of right now, I mean, get down to Great Lakes Dragway right now. Absolutely, especially if you're hungry, they got great food down there. Fantastic food, and uh, like they're always doing upgrades every year. And if you haven't been out there this year, make sure you get out to Great Lakes Dragway. And this weekend would be a perfect uh, time to do that. I also like to thank our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. And also would like to welcome a new sponsor coming from the David Hobbs Honda Studios. It is the final inspection show, and uh, we'd like to thank uh, them coming on board. Of course, David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the pu- for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale, or, of course, you can find them online at davidhobbs.com for all your Honda needs. Have you ever owned a Honda, Jeff? I have not. You have? I've owned several. Yeah. The and closest I a- I've ever had is, uh, you know, I got a Lexus, so a Toyota. Oh, you Lexus, that's right. I forgot you're one of those one percenters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But make sure you uh, check out David Hobbs Honda and uh, for all the for the best in brand new Hondas and also a wide selection of used cars. If you want to get a Lexus like uh, Jeff Orlowski, you can. They might have one on the lot right now, so make sure you check them out. But it has been a crazy, crazy week. Of course, uh, I got to bring the. Bring the show down a little bit here because I found this out this morning, and this is kind of is. I mean, if you're a sports guy, even though he's not a sports guy, everybody knew. I mean, if you're of, of our age, Jeff and my age, uh, over thirty, right? Yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, Adam West passed away. Of course, he's the original TV Batman, and uh, I forget what age he is. I know he was in his eighties, but he was one of these guys. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. He was. See, I thought he was like eighty-five. Eighty-eight. He looked like he was about seventy. 
I mean, the guy was amazing. There's a documentary on him where they, they give him the Hollywood Har- uh, Star of Fame a few years ago. If you check that out on uh, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, which I'm going more and more to, Jeff. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I you know I got I got a smart TV couple couple months ago, and they got the one button thing. Yeah. Which is that is I think that was the biggest game changer for smart TVs because before you had to kind of program you there you, you had to screw around a lot to get to where you wanted to go. Now with these new ones, they got those hot keys on there. Boom, one click, you're there, and then you can just. Yeah. I know what you're looking for. I got uh, we're on Amazon Prime when we do been watching some documentaries on that and and if you get a chance to the adam west documentary you kind of really the guy was a really cool guy i mean a lot of these people they're kind of you know (laughs) you know you know okay you're kind of douchebags okay whatever but adam (laughs) west uh, it just seems like a really cool guy you know and he was everywhere he just loved he enjoyed the attention and he gave great interviews i mean if there's looking back now he's, he's gonna be one of those guys if you could draw or you could line up 100 guys you wish you could t- talk to on the radio. He's definitely one of those guys. Absolutely. Because I just I love that show. It was it was campy and whatnot, but he really enjoyed it. And surely a loss. Adam West uh, passed away uh, from uh, quickly advancing leukemia. Came on suddenly and uh, passed away at the age of 88. So he will be missed. Hey, uh, join in us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline because we got so much stuff to do today. We're going to bring Eddie Lapine on from RacingNation.com. Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Pretty good. It's just beautiful weather up here. It's it's, it's almost like uh, Florida March weather up here, April weather, I think you would say. Is it really? It is, yeah. It, it is now. Now you got me thinking about uh, temperature right now. It is 82 degrees right now with a Wow. I hope it's nice when I come up there in a few weeks. Yeah, I think it will be. It'll I think be in we'll... the 40s, Eddie, just for you, buddy. <laughs> well, you know what? It wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't mind wearing a sweatshirt. Uh, I haven't worn one down here in a year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotta gotta slide that dagger in. I don't believe that. That's a bunch of crap. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's been a blistering uh, summer so far down here, and it hasn't even begun. <laughs> Well, let's take a, a quick time out here, and let's go through what, what, what we have coming up. Of course, we're going to be talking some NASCAR and Formula One with Eddie. We got, uh, help me out here, Jeff. We got Graham Rahal, which you recorded earlier this week, yep. an interview with him. Uh, I hooked up the John Force with the big show earlier in the week. We're going to be replaying that in, this, in the second hour. We got um, Tony DeZino. Tony DeZino coming up at the top of the hour, the second hour. We'll be talking uh, IndyCar with him. And then we got Johnny O'Connell, uh, Pirelli World Challenge driver with the Cadillac team. We'll be talking to him uh, right before the uh, the end of this first hour. Oh, and the Aaron Tealitz, too, Indy Lights driver. So let's not forget about Aaron. Uh, he's coming up, too. So got a, got a lot of people to jam in here. So, uh Aaron Tielitz, of course, uh, from Rice Lake, Wisconsin. He's the official up-and-coming driver of the final inspection show. So, uh, Eddie, we're in Pocono. Have you, did you see the Fox? That's the big news so far. That was. That was the most exciting thing. And uh, all day was watching them try to get the Fox. The officials were uh, trying to uh, catch him, and he went inside the safer barrier. Smart animal, and then they trapped them in there and suffocated well, they them and killed them. There and they couldn't, uh, you know, 
it, they had ten guys. They threw a claymore in a, there. A I think. shovel, uh, six bags of uh, oil dry, um, and they just closed it off so they could finish qualifying. And uh, three nineteen-year-olds up there today for qualifying and uh, Xfinity race. Yeah, uh, who's the guy? Kyle Benjamin? Did you say uh, yeah. Jeff? Yep. Yeah. Benjamin's got the pole. It's his second start. So uh, not a bad start to his career, that's for sure. Right, Eddie? No, there's uh, there's a lot. That, I mean, these young guys, are, it's it's loaded. They're going to give the, reg, I mean, the regular cup guys uh, a run for their money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he uh, – there's a lot. You know, like you said, uh, Hemrick is up there as well. Uh, he's off to to a, a good start, looking for a couple better finishes than than he's had, but uh, but still not bad. So he's showing a lot of speed as well on a young season. Oh yeah, I mean it's uh, it's going to be a good race. Should be. Do you uh, you excited at all about this whole drivers only broadcast that they've been uh, just promoting the heck out of? Well, I think. It, it's good for social media and it's good. I mean, the fans, you know, it gets them. It's something new. Yeah. With, with the drivers. And, you know, I mean, Jeff Gordon's doing such a good job in the booth and I think they're just opening it up for the drivers to give a little more personal touch. Yeah. I think it's, it's really good for any type of, uh, you know, sport. You don't see the basketball and football players up in the booth, you know, like that. Mm, well, usually they're retired, but they've been trying. Hey, I like that. Yeah. Wow. So, so uh, yeah, yeah. The the question is, is it going to bump the ratings any? It may get a little bit of a bump, but well, I think I think all forms of racing are looking for some type of you know with social media and a connection with youth and and trying to get out of the box and do different things. Um, not like they should be doing with penalizing Kyle Busch's crew and uh, suspending them for four races. Well, now. here's here's the and this is where sometimes it's, it's good timing is 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 very important with the Xfinity series because I think it's absolutely embarrassing that Roush Fenway has to shut down that number six car with Bubba Wallace in it because they're unable to find a sponsor. This kid is the most sponsor ready kid out there. I mean, he he fits all the demographics. From uh, whether you want to go in the urban youth direction, just youth direction, whichever way you want to go, this great, you know, he's great on on camera, good looking kid, very personable and whatnot. They weren't able to put anything together for him. However, with the Eric Amarola's injury in the forty three car, he is now subbing in the forty three car. So it's a bad situation, made probably better. So I mean, it, it should be interesting to see what he's able to do. This is this is when he's. This is one of these bad situations in which could actually come out as a plus, especially if he shows something in in the forty three car. And we've seen this with with some, with a lot of the, some with with some Xfinity drivers. Now I'm not saying I'm not putting Bubba Wallace in this category, but I did see this with with some other people made this analysis with uh, Jeff Gordon, uh, Tony Stewart, and Jimmy Johnson, who didn't really excel in the Xfinity series, but you put them in a Cup car and they show a lot more. Will this happen with Bubba Wallace? We will see. The 43 car is finally starting to make some hay with Eric Amarola. They were starting to get some momentum in that. It's, it's a shame uh, with him getting injured uh, in Kansas a couple weeks ago. 
And, but uh, this is a good opportunity for for Bubba Wallace to say, "Hey, I'm a driver, and I and I belong, and maybe this will propel him into a full time ride in either the Xfinity or the Cup Series, and uh, for next year." Well, and I I think you're right, Steve. I mean, I he's already shown, you know, I mean, a top twenty qualifying his first time out. Um, I think it was 16th. He's starting off tomorrow in, in his first race. So very impressive. Uh, they Petty's team was very impressed with him. And he, you're right. He is definitely uh, very good on camera, very personable, and he's got talent. And there's a lot of talent out there to choose from. But I think this kid's the real deal. And I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Eddie, let me get back to what you alluded to uh, a couple seconds ago about the Kyle Bush penalty. And from what I heard, uh, it doesn't sound like you're a big fan. No, no, uh, totally. I, you know, I mean, nobody wants a wheel to come off their car, but to, to take the crew chief and suspend them for four races with the, with the pit crew, two, two guys got uh, suspended. And also in the truck series, um, Brad Kazalowski, um, Mike Hillman Jr. Uh, got. Uh, yeah, his team got the same penalty. In the truck for the same thing. And, you know, there's no advantage. I mean, if no harm, no foul, I think, with that. I mean, it. Something could happen, but it didn't happen. And there's no advantage. And to penalize a team that severely, I think. But, I mean, the rule states, it was 2015 that they put that in the rule book, that uh, they will be suspended for four races. See, I like it. And, and this is what I, I think uh, is kind of a double-edged sword with, uh, with NASCAR and NASCAR fans. We all pile on NASCAR constantly because they change the rules in the middle of the season. You never know, you know, up until two weeks before a race, you don't know if they're going to add a fourth stage or not. You know, they do so much stuff that makes them very easy targets to make fun of. Now here they have a hard and fast rule. Obviously, if you look at intent, the intent wasn't for them not to tighten the wheel and have it fall off the car, even though he was able to rebound for a, a decent finish. But the fact that the rule is there, they actually abide by what's in the rule book. To me, I give them kudos, and I think it was a great job for them not to deviate from what's already written in stone. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, the rule is there. So, you know, I mean, I just think the the rule isn't the best. But, I mean, yeah, you, I think you're right. If the, if the rule states that in the, in the rule book, then they need to abide by it. And obviously – no one else has ever had this problem where they had this issue. Yeah. And I'm for them changing the rule if they want to go back in the off season, but at least for this season, uh, you know, they had to, to stick by it. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think that having one loose lug nut post race does not equal $10,000. Uh, so, you know, I think they got to they gotta go back to the drawing board with a whole lot of those tire uh, rules. Or, or, Eddie, should they go to a single lug nut like they have in IMSA, you know, instead of pretending to going on with this thing with the five lug nuts, pretending they're stock cars, 
just go with that single lug nut. I I think you're totally right, Steve. I, I think uh, I mean we've talked about that, and I don't for safety purposes. And you know, I mean, let's face it: the teams are looking for some sort of advantage. And if they don't pop one of the lug nuts on, you know, I mean, during one of their pit stops, you know, it could be a second that they could save. And they're all looking for time where if they went to the single lug nut, it would be cut and dry. It's either on or it's off. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, it would cut down the pit stop time. It, it would really, I think it would make it a lot safer. Okay. And I mean, this has just been an ongoing issue for years with these lug nuts and yeah. how they can get around it, how they can make up time. And, you know, NASCAR is trying to police it, but I think the best way to police it is just making it a single lug nut like they do in IMSA. Right. We're talking to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If I recall, Eddie, I, I thought when they first, and Jeff may, may, may remember this too, when they first introduced the car tomorrow, I think there was talk initially of having that just that single lug nut uh, for the for it was because it was based on the old Daytona prototype, if I recall. And then they, for whatever reason, they decided to go back to the, you know, the four or the five uh, five bolt pattern. I think you're right. I think there was talk about it. the The only thing, if they go to the single uh, the single lug nut. Then you, you're going to lose a lot of excitement when it comes to actually watching the pit stops because they'll be done with the tires so fast. Then you're waiting for five seconds for the gas man to get done. But it's for, you're, it's you're, for you're safety, correct. Jeff. Yeah. Safety. Safety. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then, then, then they need to go to pump fuel then, you know, instead of the can. Oh, yeah. They should have like a little – oh, yeah. They should have pumps in which right. in which – the, the the driver has to hand a credit card to the pit crew men. <laughs> they have to swipe it, and then they well, have to maybe. decide. Sorry, Kyle Bush, you're at a prepay pump. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you, you got to flip like the lever up line. and then stick it in there. And well, yeah, you could order a sandwich through the intercom system while you're uh, putting fuel in your car. You That's know? my kind of racing. It, you know, Sunoco would love that, right? They have all the Sunoco pumps going up and down the pit road. I, I think they could come up with some way like that. I think, you know, I mean, it, it's time to move forward with that. I think the five lug nut is, you know, I just think they need to move to one. That's my feeling about it. I, I Well, I think, I think it's time for a break. Uh, you're listening to the final inspection show from the David Hobbs Honda Studios here 1057 FM the fan. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Make sure you get out there this weekend. 
Beautiful weather, beautiful drag racing, lots of stuff to do out at the drag strip in Union Grove, Wisconsin. And I'd also like to thank our friends at the Milwaukee Air and Napa Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. And also would like to thank David Hobbs Honda for coming on board from the David Hobbs Honda Studios. Dealer for the people located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale. And you can check them out at davidhobbs.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. And uh, this weekend, it's the North American stop uh, for the Formula One circus as they're in uh, Montreal at Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve. And uh, it, it's, I guess, a lot of the attention actually has been kind of at the back of the grid thanks to Fernando Alonso and what he was able to do in Indianapolis uh, last month. But, I mean, this thing with Honda and McLaren and, and everything involved is getting kind of ugly here with uh, – Alonzo saying, well, if, if, we, if they can't win by September, I'm out. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, after his stay at Indy and how good he ran and how much fun he had, um, I mean, I don't think you've seen him smile like that in a few years. Right. The month of May at Indy. I just think, you know, I think there's some things going on. You know, and he's making career decisions. I, I don't know if it's so much about coming over here and running full time, like some people are saying. I, I think maybe Renault might be back in the mix. Um, him going back home to Renault. Uh, there's talk and speculation that that's going on uh, because Palmer, I don't think, is going to make it. Julian no. Palmer, I don't think he's going to make it. To, uh, I, w- I was really surprised play. they. I was really surprised they kept him out. Kept him out for this year. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I mean, but it changes pretty quickly there. You know, if you don't perform, and 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 still Renault isn't really performing either. I mean, there was. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen a manufacturer or an engine manufacturer that really is. I mean, part basically crap to bed i mean this the honda team nobody expected this in fact they've actually probably maybe slipped behind they're trying to get more speed out of the out of the trying to get more performance out of the engine they have no reliability so they're trying to you know last year they were trying to get more reliability they had no speed so they're you know they're chasing their tail here with the current rules and with the current rules of formula one it's not like the old days where you could continue and tinker and tinker and tinker you know work on your car you know whatnot i've said this before it was you know whenever ferrari had a dog they would always tinker on the cars and somehow they would always at least put together a good car for the italian grand prix so even if they you know if Ferrari would have a down year at least by the italian grand prix by september they'd fix the car enough so they can at least perform well there but now nowadays you know with the real structure the way it is you know a team can't do that and i mean no i remember remember in the late 80s you had all these little teams like was it Lifehouse and Spirit and Onyx and all these little crap teams and that? But, yeah, right. Yeah, and then yeah. you know, I mean, uh, Lamborghini had an engine, had a V twelve engine, and I mean, right. but those were little small operations. This is Honda. This is you know, and I just it blows my mind that maybe you know you I wonder guess. you wonder maybe they should have cleared the the drawing board and you know 
you know, the, probably what they've been doing is trying to, to improve on, on an engine, and maybe they should have just started over at some point in the last 18 well, months. Well, that, you, you know, you have a point there, but, you know, with the new rule structure, the way it's set up, it's like, you know, you're stuck with what you have. And, uh, you know, and you could see how that worked for Mercedes for the last few years. And now, now with the new structure for this year, with the tires and the chassis, I mean, Ferrari's in the mix. I mean, yeah. it showed. Um, and I love you know, the, I, you know, and the, and uh, one thing I also will say about this new management uh, people they have in there, I love how they, they, they just said to the teams a couple weeks ago, all right, and I, you know, I've been anybody who's been listening to the show for a while, I've been carping on this for years about the numbers on F1 cars, and they did that. And that Ferrari looks really good with the new numbers, the, the large number plates they have on it, kind of like a throwback to the mid seventies when Nicky Lauda and Carlos Reutemann was running on the team, and yeah, it, it looks I mean, good. Think, yeah, you, you can kind of see Zach who's Brown, right. Zach Brown is. You know, he's a grassroots racer, and he's a good promoter, and he listens to people. And, yeah, that is a big deal. I think it's, you know, for years they wouldn't make the numbers any right. better. And uh, it just happened, and it, it's good. I mean, they need to do it for the fans because, really, you can't even tell the drivers. Um, you know, a lot of their helmets are pretty close to, right. you know, to the sponsorship paint job. So, and. I think it's it's great, and it, but I think Honda's just they're just they're they're beating a dead horse basically now. I mean, and they they have to go back to the drawing board One, and start over. We're we're talking about Eddie, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. One one quick point I want to make before we uh, take a break here, and then after the break we'll be talking with uh, Indy Lights driver Aaron Tielitz here in just a few moments. Um, I thought David Hobbs made a great point uh, yesterday during practice. He was talking about Lance Stroll and, and, and the struggles he's been having with the Williams team. And he, it was interesting because I, I didn't, we, you know, people have been debating about, you know, this kid, you know, he's got a lot of money and whatnot, and, but he's won in everything he's been. He's progressed very well through the, through the ranks and whatnot. But I thought Hobbs made a great point that, you know, this, this was a bad year to do that. Jumping from GP3 to Formula 1 because of the increased power and along with the tires, the more more traction, everything, the, 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 the F1 car of today or this year is a lot more aggressive than it was last year. And it would have been probably an easier transition if he did it last year. Oh, I think David hit it on the head for him. I, I feel sorry for him. I think he should have waited another year or two and just kept doing what he's doing. The kid definitely has talent. Um, but, you know, when you, you your dad writes a check out for $30 million for you to go racing in Formula One, yeah. there's a lot of pressure. And he struggled during the, pre, um, the pre-test in Valencia, and he just had lots of trouble getting grip. And, you know... It was him learning, but the team couldn't help him learn because they were learning. And when right. you got two people learning a sophisticated car like them, that car, it's just, you know, it's tough. And Philippe Massa's running really well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and he wasn't running very well last year. And he was able to adapt to this. And Lance is just having – 
just lots of problems. And he's had some bad luck, too. He's gotten run over a couple times and not all his doing, you know. So it, it's just hard. I mean, you're in the spotlight. It's, it's tough to go to those cars. And if you go too early, you know, I mean, it, you drown. And that's what you're seeing with him. Well, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, kind of like that Seinfeld uh, episode, the backwards episode that they have, uh, you're usually on the end and we got you right out in the front. So yeah, I, uh, feel like I, got, I feel like I got promoted here. <laughs> so, Welcome to the show, Eddie. Yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, wow. And we're, we'll so be taking us. We'll be taking a sports break here with Jeff Orlowski, and then when we come back, we'll be talking with the Indy Lights driver, Aaron T. Litz, the Rice Lake Rocket, in a few moments here. And then after that, let's see, we got Johnny O'Connell, Graham Rahal, Graham Rahal, John Force. So it's a full show. Plus, don't forget Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe. And the, the last half hour, they'll be talking NASCAR from racetalkradio.com. So, uh, who's your pick uh, for the Canadian Grand Prix? I think Hamilton. I I think already when they were in uh, Q, uh, Q2 that uh, Mercedes wasn't showing anything yesterday, and they've already stepped it down to a 12-6 uh, lap, and I think they're going to be pretty tough there. All right. Very good. How about IndyCar tonight? I'll tell you, I like Dixon. I mean, he, uh, you know, considering what he's been through in the last few weeks, uh, he's amazing. All right, Jeff oh. is writing down these furiously. So, uh, and then uh, NASCAR, we're gonna go with Kenson, Matt Kenson. Kenson, who's who's yeah. Kenson? Did did uh, Kenseth? Kyle Bush, are you okay, Eddie? Do we need to call nine one one? No. <laughs> <laughs> Matt hey, Kenseth, sure right? Out, make, make sure you check. Check out Racing Nation. Okay, we will do it, yes. Make sure you check out RacingNation.com for the latest in racing. They cover every from the NASCAR, IndyCar, even World Endurance Championship. That's RacingNation.com. And uh, when we come back after the sports break, we'll be talking to Aaron Tielitz from the Indy Lights Series on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. And also David Hobbs Honda, deal, dealer for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale. They can be found online at davidhobbshonda.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the Indy Lights division of IndyCar Racing. It's Aaron Tietz from Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show again, Aaron. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's good having you on again. Of course, Aaron is our official up-and-coming driver of the final inspection show. We've been following his career the last uh, couple of years. And uh, it, last time we spoke, you were running, uh, I think, the finale up at Laguna Seca, and I said, don't worry about it. You got this thing made. And, of course, you did, and you were able to get a scholarship to race into the Indy Lights uh, program, which is, is a fantastic deal. The, the Mazda Rota Indy 
is a is a fantastic deal for drivers like you who don't have a independently wealthy father like some some drivers are blessed to have. Uh, can, can you tell listeners how that actually worked and how how your how your uh, career has progressed because of the uh, Mazda? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Mazda, uh, the Mazda Road Indy is the whole reason why I uh, got into open-wheel racing in the first point when I was done racing go-karts and was maybe looking to try something in cars. The Mazda Road Indy looked uh, the most appealing because if you won, you got scholarships that paid for most of the next season, basically, and racing super expensive. Everybody knows that, like you alluded to, unless you've got a super wealthy family, uh, it's really hard to, to make a go of it. Uh, but I won a Mazda scholarship at the uh, Skip Barber Karting Scholarship Shootout, and then I won another Mazda scholarship to make it into USF 2000 worth $200,000. And then uh, just this past year, winning the Pro Mazda Championship, um, which got me the Mazda scholarship to move up to Indy Lights. So really, if it wasn't for Mazda, my career would have uh, stalled out or never got going, basically. So um, super, uh, super proud and happy to be uh, driving for Mazda again. Uh, in my racing career, it must it must have been pretty cool this year. Of course, you you were able to race on the oval at Indianapolis uh, for Bellardi Racing, and then also to see some of the drivers that came before you able to race in the big show in in the Indianapolis 500. Guys like Zach Veach have been working so hard to get a ride uh, in in the IndyCar division. Uh, Jack Harvey, just to, to name a few. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's 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 honestly great to see those kind of guys getting chances in IndyCar because because that shows you that you know if they're if the if they're doing it then you know you've kind of got a shot as well type of thing where people just kind of fizzle out and can never get anywhere then it uh, makes you a little more uh, stressed out about where your career might be going but yeah to see those guys like Zach and Spencer Piggott and uh, Jack Harvey like you're saying getting shots at at IndyCar I mean that that just to me makes me feel uh, really good about it and even Ed Jones coming in third mm-hmm. place uh at the indy 500 after right. winning the indy lights title you know it shows you that you can go in there and immediately be competitive too so what was your uh first i mean it, it that that race on carb day is usually one of the better races of of the month and what what how wild is running an indy lights car at, at the speedway uh it's it's really fun and it's it's great racing so obviously the indy lights cars uh, a little bit slower around there than the the Indy cars, so we can kind of run too wide um, through the corners, which is uh, incredible. So uh, where an Indy car, you know, they kind of complete the passes usually before you get to the corner, or they're completing them in the corner. Where um, even in practice, I ran side by side like two laps in a row with Colton Herta, where we're both just flat out running uh, too wide around there. So uh, the racing can be super wild. Uh, our race wasn't really all that wild because. Uh, uh, the the Carlin guys, Mateus Lace, uh, they decided to trim way out since they were starting on pole, and they were just hoping no one ever got around them, and it ended up working out for them. So he was basically just pulling the train of cars around the whole time, but I was glad to work my way up uh, to second place. And who's some of the people that have helped you out? I mean, this is the the neat deal with 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 you because you you're from Rice Lake, and you have a lot of uh, uh, companies in, in that area that actually help you out. Yeah, exactly. Basically, all of my sponsors, or most all of my sponsors, are all Wisconsin-based companies and Wisconsin people. Um, so I'm a, I'm a proud cheesehead. My main uh, personal sponsor is Rice Lake Weighing Systems out of Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Um, they make scales for every single industry. 
Um, the one that you guys would notice the most or viewer or listeners, um, if you ever fly Delta and you go to weigh your bag in at the uh, counter, that's going to be a Rice Lake weighing system scale. You can even look next time you're at the airport and it probably says Rice Lake right on it. Um, so yeah, they've been a supporter of mine since I started in formula Ford cars actually. And in 2013. So, uh, we've been building that partnership and, and going along and they're uh, really excited about, uh, uh, the race coming up, uh, at road America, which is my home race. And then uh, a couple of my other, uh, sponsors, Maury's auto group. Um, I work, uh, specifically with the Maury, Maury's Mazda dealership in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Um, and then there's a uh, styled aesthetic, which is actually a Milwaukee based screen screen printing company. So they do custom t-shirts or they, uh, do a lot of the screen printing actually for race car drivers on their Nomax. Yeah, I've heard of that team. company. Hmm. Yeah, yep. that's Steve yeah, Welk yeah. fella, huh? That's yeah. Steve Welk. Steve Welk fella that uh, <laughs> that owns that. Yeah, and he's uh, he also happens to be my driver, coach, and manager. So funny how that works out. Yeah, very interesting. But uh, it should be a lot of fun coming with the Road America round coming up. Everybody just raves about that track. What's what are you looking for? From an Indy Lights perspective, when you're running at Road America, yeah, I just had a test day there a couple weeks ago, um, and it went really well. Um, but the, I mean, the Indy Lights car is just so much faster there than anything else I've driven. Like last year in uh, in Pro Mazda, I think our lap times were like 204, 205, 203, so two minutes, three seconds, two minutes, four seconds. And then when we were just there in in Indy Lights, we're way under one minute. We're in like the one minute 53, one minute 52s region. Um, so just way faster. Every corner is faster. Um, you know, the car just accelerates better, brakes better. Uh, but it's it, it's such a great classic track, um, and I've had a lot of laps around there. I call it my home track. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to getting there for the race. That's nothing to sneeze at because that's what the Indy cars were doing about 20 years ago. So. You're, that's yeah, that, that, exactly. that's moving pretty pretty good. So looking forward yeah. to seeing you uh, uh, June 23rd uh, through the 25th up at Road America uh, for the IndyCar round out there. Make sure you check uh, Aaron out in uh, in the uh, Burgundy car. What number are you again? Number nine, right? Number nine, yeah. In the Soul Red car, it's called Soul Red. I like that. I like that. Aaron Tielitz, uh thanks for joining us, and uh, look forward to talking to you before the end of the year. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Aaron Tielitz joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to Johnny O'Connell from the Pirelli World Challenge Series, a driver for Cadillac Racing. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at MILWCAR.com. I'd also like to thank uh, David Hobbs, Honda, dealer for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale, and they can be found online at DavidHobbsHonda.com, or I'm sorry, DavidHobbs.com. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Johnny O'Connell. 
He's a three-time American Le Mans Series champion and four-time class winner in the 24 Hours of Le Mans. He drives now for Team Cadillac in the Pirelli World Challenge. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Always good having you on. Uh, somebody who's been around the block to say a, a few times, Johnny, and we appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, for those fans, that, of course, Road America is very close to uh, us here on the show here. We've been going up there for years. And, of course, remember you uh, – driving for a Corvette for many years, and now you're running the Pirelli World Challenge with Cadillac, and uh, GM's been uh, pretty good to you, haven't they? Oh, goodness. They've been, they've been phenomenal. I mean, I've been, I've been so blessed throughout my career to, to, you know, be supported by some great teams, you know, Panos, of course, Nissan, some, some open-wheel stuff, but, uh, but nothing like I've, I've had at, uh, at GM. You know, you, in order to be successful, to do well in the sport, you have to have good equipment. And, shoot, this is my 17th year uh, driving for them. And uh, trust me, I've got a lot of anger left. So, <laughs> uh, so I plan on doing it for, for years to come. You know, I'm always, I, I, I'm always amazed at the, at the journey drivers take. And the one I remember is, uh, you know, and for somebody like you, and you, you might not want me to bring this up, but I remember you at Las Vegas in the IRL race getting on your head. And, I mean, you're thinking it is a kind of a turbulent time, but it was a lot of opportunities for drivers at that time to, to try different series and whatnot, either CART or IRL, whatnot. And, I mean, it, at that time, how does a driver – you're on your head at Las Vegas, you're thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? How does – it's never it, the drivers who have it easy are rare and far in between, but somebody like you that, that how does a driver just stay positive all through his well, career? You know, that was, that was such an interesting time in, in motorsport. You know, I started out as an open wheel guy. I went over to Europe. I tested for Jackie Stewart team did well. And it's interesting because even with Bobby Ray Hall and Jackie Stewart trying to get money, we couldn't get any money from you to, to, to go over there. And so, you know, my career took different paths. You looked at what opportunities arose, and with the IRL, you know, that was a, an opportunity, to, you know, for any driver wants to, you know, see what it's like to be in the Indy 500. Sure. And, uh, but I'll be honest with you. The first time I drove the car, the IRL car, it was a 95 Raynard with a Cosworth engine, and I'm, I'm pulling, you know, going down pit lane, and I'm, I'm tugging through the gears, and I, I get up on the oval, and the first thought, and this, <laughs> this might be why my oval career didn't do so great, my first thought was, God, if only I could road race this thing. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, the and the Vegas thing was funny because at the point where we wrecked, there was 18 laps to go. I was running second to Richie Hearn, who ended up winning. He was doing 214s. I was doing 222s. And, and it was the weirdest thing because I'm like, man, all I need is a yellow and I can win this thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was the yellow. So... It uh, so and actually, you know what? I, I, I'm pretty sure that was no. Actually, I got into an IRL car one more time, which was at, at Indy in uh, in uh, 07 in Foyt's car, and it was amazing how much easier that track was to drive in in Foyt's car. But uh, unfortunately, I had an oil fitting break, and uh, and then it was eight months learning to walk again, and and it was mm -hmm. a rather cathartic time for me because I realized that, you know what, I'd rather have a long career racing sports cars than a short career in open-wheel stuff. So uh, so I have no regrets. You know, God sets a path for us all. And, uh, and again, you know, the past 17 years have, have been, you know, the best racing years of my life, and uh, we're, we just plan on continuing. And uh, Pirelli World Challenge Series is, is such an exciting series because it's so eclectic with so many manufacturers being involved. 
Cadillac being one of them. And I mean, uh, it just seems that the demographics, I think, are probably one of the best of all the racing series because I think the number one reason the cars look so cool. I mean, if you oh. look, I mean, if you look up your car, that red car is just showing Jeff Orlowski. You know, it's a good looking car, and all the cars in the series are just, just. If 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 I'm a 14 year old kid. I, I want that car in on a poster on my on my you know on on the wall. Well, that's the difference between you and I. Because when I was fourteen, I wanted to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, you know what? Lap time, you know, uh, is very close to what that Corvette is doing. But it's a unique formula, especially when we're at uh, at Road America, and it's a fifty-minute sprint race with you know what are you know half million to million dollar cars, and uh, so. It, and and the other thing that it, it's relevant in that you know what if you're you know if you go to an event and you're a Porsche owner well you got a Porsche to cheer for if you got a Ferrari you know you can cheer for a Ferrari you know Audi you know the the cool thing about Pirelli World Challenge which makes it so appealing to all the manufacturers is is they have a way to compete against on the racetrack against those brands that are competing in the showroom which is really why Cadillac is there because you know in the showroom we compete against Porsche Audi BMW you know, now then a Ferrari and Bentley and stuff like that. So it's really a, a for, for Cadillac, you know, at the end of the day, racing is a marketing tool. And so it's an opportunity for them to really showcase, you know, what the production V series is about and, and educate the public as to really what the athleticism is. You know, that is, uh, that is Cadillac. We're talking with uh, Johnny O'Connor on the great Midwest bank hotline driver oh. for the team Cadillac team and make sure to check them out at the Grand Prix of road America presented by VP racing June 23rd through the 25th at Picturesque Road America. What's your favorite part of Road America off the track? Well, <laughs> yeah, if you're expecting me to say Seepkins, the answer is when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's it's the people. It's how picturesque everything is. You know what? In, in Kohler, they have uh, one of my favorite Italian restaurants, a, a place called Casina. I always go there. And, uh, and of course at the track, you know, you can't beat the food. I mean, you, uh, I don't think there's a driver that, you know, doesn't at least once a year have a bratwurst at, uh, at road America. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's the entire thing. There, there are some circuits that are iconic. You know, you think of Indy, Monaco, Lamar, or, you know, the great spa, the great circuits of the world. Road America is in that same vein. I, I mean, it is, if there's one circuit, if you ask the guys from Europe that come over here, what is your favorite track? I, I bet 95% of them say Road America. And, uh, and I heard a rumor that now you're you're quite the fitness guy and that you actually are you're on the treadmill in your driver's suit. Is that true? Amongst other things. You know what I'm really <laughs> – this, dude, this is the funniest thing because I, I really enjoy swimming, and I got a tiny little place on the lake, and what I'll do is I'll kayak for a couple miles and then swim back, towing the kayak, and – the looks on fishermen when it gets to be like December and you're in a full wetsuit and they see some nut job swimming, <laughs> you know, in, in 45 degree weather, it, uh, you wish you could have a camera, but, uh, but yeah, you know what, it, it is such an important part of the job, you know, these days, you know, staying fit to ensure that not just mentally, but, but physically, uh, you know, in the car, they get hot, they get so hot in there. I mean, if, if people, you know, fans of motorsport really want to know what it's like to be in a car, just during the summer, you know, roll your windows down just a little bit and then turn the heater on and see how long you can stand that. Because, I mean, there's a reason we get out of the car and we're soaking, you know, wet with sweat. But, mm-hmm. uh, but again, at the, at the same time, it's, uh, it is the most enjoyable thing I've ever, you know, found in my life to do. 
Johnny O'Connor, we certainly appreciate it and wish you all the best of luck uh, coming up here in a few weeks at Road America for the Pirelli World Challenge. Thanks for joining the Final Inspection Show. Guys, thanks for having me on. And to all the fans out there, we look forward to you coming up and saying hi and, uh, and checking out the cars. All right. Thank you. It's Johnny O'Connor on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Time now for a sports flash with Jeff Orlowski. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing, NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. Welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, Z-Man. I'm just catching my breath after a uh, actually scintillating F1 qualifying session that wrapped up not even five minutes ago. So uh, fingers have briefly paused, and uh, now I'm able to talk to you to wrap it all up. Excellent. Who got the poll? Lewis Hamilton, which isn't a shock, but the manner in which he did it and what he accomplished by doing so, that is because he's now tied the late great Ayrton Senna for second all-time, 65 poles. And uh, he had a lap that was a 111.4. It was three-tenths quicker than anyone else. Pulled it out on the last lap. It was a pretty pretty special lap to watch. And, uh, you know, a rare weekend I'm home. I'm actually in the, a rare weekend. F1 isn't qualifying at O-Dark 30. is always a, always a nice treat. So uh, just, just finish that. Right. Um, Texas. IndyCars are in Texas. And uh, Charlie Kimball got the pole. Ooh. Yeah, that's one that you wouldn't really predict. Um, it's uh, boy, it's been a, a year of the weird in IndyCar, right? Yeah. Where there's been seven different winners in eight races. You've had some different pole sitters. Um, Charlie Kimball's not a name you would ever think of because this is his first career pole. Uh, pretty surprising stuff. But um, they had a test there about a couple months ago in April. It was actually Scott Dixon shook down what was Charlie's car. Honda had a limited. Uh, number of engines that tested and they were able to bank some some key data in that it's an interesting story because Kimball's had a, a number of first lap incidents this year some of them not really his fault uh he's had he was running really well at the indy 500 had his engine blow up uh he's had an engineering change it, it went from basically he has not had anything go right thus far this year and, and he finally has that to, uh, tonight but there's a real variable there because he's never started on pole the track's completely new uh owing to a uh a repave uh, the turns one and two are now different from three and four banking wise and a lot of questions so uh yeah just you know color, color me surprised in a year where surprises seem to be the uh, the norm but come on he's a professional and he's been doing what is this his fifth year He's won a race. I mean, they're they're not really concerned that he's on the pole, are they? I don't know. I think there's. It's I would hope not. A lot of. I no. I I don't think so. Charlie's a good driver and a good dude, but he's just sometimes racing him is is a little. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a few drivers that have oh, been yeah. spoken about that in the past, and I think. Uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a little cautiously on the start. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but then those are those are the same ones that were calling him a wimp because he's a pushover. So I mean, he he's, he's getting screwed either way. So he's in a no-win situation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He's in a no-win situation uh, because people won't give him the credit when he does well, and people will be for easy to rip on him when when he doesn't. So, um, it really is a lot of goofy spots in the grid. I mean, it's he's first, Rossi's third. You know, so his best start on a no. Honda is uh, Honda is destroying it. Oh, yeah, so. big time. Tristan Valdier, though, were, I think that's a bigger story. I think coming in off the street, yeah. running fifth. Oh, it's hilarious because I literally sat down with him last weekend in Detroit and we did a whole, oh, Tristan Vodier's moved on from IndyCar story because we were a little surprised that, uh, you know, he didn't get the call at the Indy 500. He was there all month. James Davison got the call, but, you know, some extenuating circumstances happened where Esteban Gutierrez, who Dale Coyne wanted to run the full season, he couldn't get cleared to do an oval test in time uh, due to a testing blackout. Tristan's driven for Dale, uh, you know, two years ago and, and at texas my and in texas right so there's already an experience level there that you weren't going to find except for maybe one or two other drivers you know pit the man could have been considered uh oriel servia was kind of the name we were hearing in the immediate days uh it's been it's been interesting to say the least but my goodness he's he's adapted quickly and it's it's good to see because you know, I think Tristan's one of those lost talents where he's, he's definitely good enough for Andy Carr, but he just didn't really have the opportunity or the timing or the, the, the backing to keep going. So I think this is a fresh reminder of what he's capable of. Could this spend a little bit of Chevrolet saying, you know, I don't think we can get to pole. Let's just work on race setup. I think so. I think that has a lot to do with it. Similar to Indianapolis, they're probably a little less concerned about reliability than Honda is. Where the Honda guys, yeah, they're up front, but they were limited in testing here. They've had numerous issues during the month of May. They had, I think, one or two more issues at Detroit. Not not a like-for-like comparison. But we're really not sure how the race is going to run. And, and the guys that are Chevy drivers, you know, I fully expect Castro Nevis to be in the mix at the end of it. He always is. Uh, Pagano raced a lot better in recent years. Will Powers won there before, although it was five or six years ago and ed carpenter is another one that you know you expect to be in the mix as the race goes on chevy just has so fewer bullets by comparison you know they really only have four or five guys that you can pick out and say hey they're they're going to be a contender whereas honda has you know 10 to 12 and that's uh you know there's a strength in numbers there that they they haven't had in the past did you see that tweet in fact it might have been your tweet somebody ran it and I don't have time to look it up here because I just thought of it now. Um, somebody ran a tweet about indie winners over the last, I think it was, year and a half. Was that in Ray Hall is right up there, like, was second with, like, five wins, yeah, I think I it think was. Yeah, I think that was, um, I want to say that was Arnie from IndyCar. Maybe it was Arnie, yes, yes. yes. And, yeah, in the last 30 races, Ray Hall second in wins, only to Pagano, which in and of itself seems surprising because Pagano won right. a bunch last year. And he's only won once this year, and it's been kind of a really weird title defense season. But yeah, my goodness, Graham Graham went from being friggin' nowhere going into the month of May. He was like 17th in points, to now he's the hottest driver in the series. Where he's coming off a doubleheader win, he won this race last year. 
you know, he's never shy of a quote. He's, you know, defending the series. He's calling out Lewis Hamilton. I mean, it's like the dude, the dude's on fire right now. And you'd be, you'd be surprised if he isn't in contention again later. He's actually starting higher this race this year than he did in the, we actually have finished last year's 2016 Texas race. It took three months uh, to complete. So uh, yeah, crazy stuff. And, and you don't realize for, for a guy that you don't think of having won a lot of races, the fact that he's that high up is, is kind of surprising. In fact, uh, Jeff Orlowski was able to do an interview with him earlier this week, which we'll be running right after you. We're talking with Tony DeZino from NBCSports.com on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. You know, it just seems like about, yeah, about a year and a half ago or so, we were talking about Graham Ray Hill along with Mar- Marco Andretti wondering when they were going to get their next win, and, and Graham's taking care of that, and Marco, unfortunately, has not. Yeah, and it's been a weird year for Marco because he's had some practice pace, but he's not really backed it up in qualifying or the race. And he's, I mean, even this weekend, he's only 15th on the grid. And it's like, come on, dude. You know, you've got Hondas in the top eight positions, but you're not among them. So and a lot of that has to do with the qualifying draw, too. If you go early, you're kind of in a tougher spot than if you're going later when the track's rubbered up. You can make more changes to the car after debriefing with your teammates. And uh, but my but man, he's not. It just doesn't seem like he's as close to winning as Graham is, and that's that's difficult. I I wonder if it's starting to get to him because you know his teammates now sure. all three of them are Indy 500 winners and and so on and so forth. So uh, yeah, it's it's tough to see because he's got potential and he's in a better state of mind, but he's just not getting the results. I wonder if uh, Valti does well th- uh, tonight. If if we'll see him at Iowa. Because do you Maybe. really want Gutierrez to run Iowa? I mean, there's no place to hide in that little bull ring. Yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, if memory serves, Tristan actually did a pretty good job there two years ago uh-huh. uh, with Michael Cannon, finished 11th or 12th, I'd have to look it up, which, you know, for that team at that track is actually a pretty good result. Um I don't know. Actually, you know, he won't be available for Iowa. Come to think of it, he has a sports car commitment. Ah. Uh, he'll be in Can. He'll be in Canada with his uh, Mercedes deal there. So, uh, if there's an oval specialist that uh, the Dale would need, it's not going to be Tristan for that weekend, just owing to that conflict. Uh, the the teams made that very clear that uh, that takes precedence. He's actually moved to North Carolina to be near that team, so he's really kind of embedded himself within uh, within that fabric. Well, I, th- I think if you're Dale Coyne at this p- at this point, you just want to ensure you leave Iowa with two clean tubs. You don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. Like, they've been just. It, it, it's 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 either checkers or wreckers for them lately. Yep, indeed. All right, and what's the latest at uh, NBCSports.com? Crazy weekend. Uh, this is the first of several F1 and IndyCar weekends we have on both the rest of the year. Canadian GP qualifying, as I mentioned, just wrapped. Uh, Texas is tonight, as we've discussed, so coverage from both of those. Uh, we'll mall prep for next week, and then, fortunately, our favorite our favorite place that's on the IndyCar schedule coming up in two weeks, uh, so all the prep going into Road America for that. So, yeah, Indy's over, but that doesn't mean things slow down. If anything, they intensify for the rest of the year. So it certainly does. Fingers will be typing and go from there. Who's your pick for uh, Texas tonight? I'm going to go with Dixon to break through. Uh, he's just 
he's running as well as he is right now, and this is with his ankle and foot not being right. Fortunately, you don't need to use the brakes that much on an oval. Uh, I'd say he gets win number, becomes the eighth different winner this season, and uh, breaks through. Rossi, I would say, is my dark horse if such a thing exists because he's looked really good on ovals this year, and uh, I think it's going to be one of those two. All right, I like that. What about Canada? Ooh, um, Lewis. Go ahead, no, I think we're all going to be picking it. chalk on that one. <laughs> hard not to pick him for that one. How about NASCAR? Give us something for Pocono. Whew, um, I'm kind of wishing I need to I need to flip over to watch the uh, the NASCAR Xfinity broadcast being taken over by Cup drivers. I could see Brad Keselowski winning though. That's always a place that he seems to do well. He's won there before a couple times, and they've been in a bit of a rut so. Uh, compared to some of the others. I think he'll get it done on Sunday. All right. Make sure you check out the final inspection uh, Facebook page and a Twitter account. We'll, we'll, we'll be posting uh, our picks on there, and we'll have Jeff on, on my picks. And, uh, Tony, once again, thank you for joining us. We certainly appreciate you taking time out to join the show. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. Make sure to check out his stuff on the Motors tab up at the top when we come back we'll be hearing from graham rahel who swept the weekend last week at detroit at the indycar races on the final inspection show this is final inspection with steve zaki presented by the legendary great lakes dragaway in union grove driven by milwaukee area napa auto care association on 105.7 fm the fan Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on 105.7 FM. The Fan, Jeff Orlowski. We're brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, and the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Visit them on the web, milwcar.com. My pleasure now to welcome in on a great Midwest Bank hotline, Graham Rahal, the man who sure knows how to dominate a weekend. Graham, thanks for the for a few minutes here. How you feeling this morning? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. We're we're definitely feeling good. You know, we came off an extremely strong weekend there in Detroit, and and uh, you know now in in Texas, uh, another big weekend, but. You know, it's uh, to get two wins back to back like that uh, last weekend was was awesome, and uh, guys are excited. And in the midst of this season, when there's so much going on and there's so much uh, demand of of time and so little weekends off and stuff, uh, trust me, it feels great for for our boys to get two wins like that. Yeah, I bet, I bet. You know, can I? I just want to say what I love about the IndyCar schedule. Is that they sure make they make sure that you guys aren't comfortable. You know, you spend the month at Indy, you run that race on the two and a half mile oval, then you go to the Street Grand Prix in Detroit, which obviously you dominate. Now uh, this week you're in Texas, where you're the defending champion, another oval, and then in a couple weeks you'll be right here in our backyard at Great at Road America, and, uh, another another road course. So they they definitely uh, keep you on your toes, don't they? Oh, they absolutely do, you know, and, and I think that's what differentiates IndyCar racing from, from so many other forms of motorsport is just you have to be good at them all, you know, and I think it's simple as that. You have to be good at them all. There's, uh, you're not going to uh, win this championship if you're just good on ovals or if you're just good on road courses or whatever. I mean, you've got to be able to compete every single weekend, uh, and I love that. Um, you know, we try to pride ourselves 
on that, you know, certainly. And, and, uh, and, you know, we, we, they test us, go from Indy, go to road or go to, uh, Detroit, go to Texas, you know, road America. I mean, even after road America, we go to Iowa, right? So right there in that, in that five week or five race stretch are five completely different types of racetracks. But, uh, it's a great challenge for all the drivers. You know, we all certainly pride ourselves on that. And, uh, trust me, if you can, if you can win races on all those types of circuits, uh, you, you've certainly accomplished something pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how much does having a veteran uh, like Oriole Servia as your teammate, how much does that help you like at Indianapolis and Detroit and the other tracks? Well, certainly it, it helped a lot at Indy. You know, he was, uh, he was a great guy to, to get information from and everything else. He helped us considerably. Um, you know, Detroit, he was, I think he was struggling, you know, he was struggling to, to get up to pace and stuff, but, you know, I love Oriole. Uh, I've been a huge advocate of his over the years and, and, and pushed for him, uh, to be here and be on our team. Um, you know, I wish we could continue having him, you know, race with us the rest of the year, but obviously as you guys know, well, as everybody knows, sponsorship plays a huge role in, in, in life. And so, uh, you know, we don't have the money right now or the funds to keep him going, uh, but we're going to continue to work on it. Hopefully we'll make it happen. Yeah. All right. So, as we said uh, in the open, you're the defending champion at Texas where you guys race at uh, at this weekend. Now, <laughs> pretty tough and uh, and fast track. Do your eyes rattle after you get out of the car after a tough Texas race? Oh, trust me. That place will wake you up. It'll wake <laughs> you up. That place gets the juices flowing. So, uh yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I'm excited to, to be here and, and uh, to, to get another opportunity to win, to potentially win three in a row. Uh, it, would mean, it would mean a ton to us. But, uh, you know, a completely different feel from, from Detroit last weekend. And, you know, there's, it's been repaved here, new banking and everything else. So um, this is going to be a different challenge for us uh, in comparison to, to what we've ever faced here before. I was talking with Graham Ray Hall on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here on a final inspection show. Now, uh, with Road America coming up in a, in a couple short weeks here at Elkhart Lake, uh, your family has a rich history at Road America dating you know, back to your grandfather, Mike, in the 1960s. Uh, and obviously condolences uh, to you for him. I know he passed away last month. But uh, what are your favorite memories uh, from, from Road America? Well, they, they continue to you know, get better, obviously, growing up there, uh, you know, going, uh, going with, with my family, uh, there was, it was always extremely special, uh, you know, and it still is that way today, you know, we camp out at the track, my pops and, and, uh, the rest of my family, you know, we all stay there, my brother's always with us, and, you know, so it's, uh, it's just a special place for, for us, uh, from that perspective, and I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people say the same, you know, I think, uh, families in general that go there experience exactly what we are. And that's why Road America has, has always had such a great following. You know, I look at it this year, there's, there's disc golf, there's, uh, there's a zip line, there's go-karting, uh, kids 16 and under, you know, get in free with a paying adult. I mean, think about that, 16 and under. You know, I mean, what the, what the track has to offer is hard to, hard to match by anybody else. And uh, last year we had a a record, uh, you know, a record-breaking crowd, and hopefully that's going to just uh, continue to grow. Yeah, I hope so. June 22nd through the 25th, the Verizon IndyCar Series 
takes on Road America. Now, I read that uh, that your dad is a scratch golfer. How's your golf game? Well, he's not anymore. He's not anymore. He used to be a pretty good player, but I beat him up pretty good nowadays. Nice. He's getting older, so, uh, you know, but, yeah, I, you know, golf was always one of our one of our greatest passions and, and things to do together. Uh, I love those times with my with my dad, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get out there and play again. We're going to definitely play up in Kohler when we when we head up there. That's certainly one of my favorite things to do. I don't know, maybe hit up Whistling Straits. We'll see. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a always a great weekend, and, and golf has been one of our biggest passions and, and pastimes for for Dad and I together. You going to follow along with the U.S. Open here at uh, at Aaron Hills? Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I love the stuff, man. I love it. So now your wife, Court- Courtney Force, obviously very uh, talented and successful driver in her own right. So now when you guys are, are sitting there and you want to go out to dinner or you want to go grab ice cream, do you fight over who drives? No, no, that's me. That's okay. me. We don't <laughs> fight over that stuff. No, that's me. So, uh, you know, it's um, Court's a very accomplished racer. I'm extremely proud of her. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I look forward to this weekend. She's in English town. Hopefully she can get a win. She finished runner up there last weekend. And when we were in Detroit, she finished runner up at, at her races. And it would have been pretty cool to have, uh, both, uh, both of us in victory lane at the same time, but we were awfully close, uh, and hopefully we can make it happen going forward here. All right. So now obviously the next question is when are we going to see you behind the wheel of like a funny car or a top fuel dragster? Maybe at uh, Great Lakes Dragway here in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Well, that's a pretty easy answer, and that's never. That's never. <laughs> I'll stick to Road America. That's my. Uh, that's my cup of tea. <laughs> nice, nice. What? Uh, any final thoughts before you go into uh, into the weekend here at Texas? Well, look. You know, I mean, I hope we can get a. Uh, hope we can get another win. But you know, I just uh, I'm looking forward to Road America. Um, you know, I, I hope we get a great crowd. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody comes out and camps out, you know, and, and spend some time with us. So it'd be a lot of fun to, to see everybody there. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And it'd be nice if we can pick up a, a win here in, in, uh, in Texas. I hope everybody's watching Saturday night. And, uh, you know, we'll move on from then. All right. Well, yeah, we're looking forward to it, too. Road America, June 22nd through the 25th, Elkhart Lake. Do not miss it. Uh, Graham, I want to thank you for a few minutes of your time. Congratulations on uh, both your wins in Detroit last weekend. Best of luck here in Texas the rest of the season, and we'll see you in a couple weeks at Road America. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That was Graham Rahal. Joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on 105.7 FM, thefan.com, and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. John Forrest joined the big show, which can be heard Monday through Fridays, 2 to 6 here on The Fan. And uh, we're going to bring you that interview now. So here's John Forrest from the Wednesday edition of The Big Show. Joining us right now, though, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, legendary NHRA drag racer, 16-time funny car champ, owner of John Forrest Racing. It is John Forrest joining us on the Wendy's Big Show. John, thanks for a few minutes. How are you doing this afternoon, sir? Uh, thanks for sneaking me in. I want to 
be a little different in the beginning of this. I've been mentally stressed. We just come out of Epping. My daughter won up there, uh, Brittany and Top Fuel. Uh, but boy, we had some we had some damage done. We blew up five engines, almost killed my daughter Courtney in that advanced car. Oh my God! Come here to California for two days in the office. I'm getting ready to get back on a plane for New England, and then sitting here, I get to listen to you guys talk football and baseball. I think you healed me. I was wounded, but I'm okay now. <laughs> man, when do you retire and go sit on a beach? I mean, <laughs> seriously, man, well, you sound you, like you. Office, it sounds like you need a couple of drinks and just relax. My office said you need to leave the office, get on, get on that plane for English Town, because you're driving us all nuts. Just been a lot of problems this week. Just got off the phone with my crew chief, Mike Neff. But sitting here, I got to hear the talk, and I, I want to thank you. You took my mind off of all my stuff that's going wrong and, and, and even though we're winning and that makes triple happy makes everybody happy and and uh, hell my son-in-law ray all even went up there and yeah he did right back to back so it's been a good week not financially but hey <laughs> i feel better being on your show thank you let's let's do some sports hey we, for for people that aren't, aren't huge nhra fans necessarily because obviously doing an after sports talk afternoon show there's probably not a lot of nhra talk that happens on this show so you have a, a, a lot of people that that know it's drag racing, that probably that don't really know the specific in and outs of just how crazy it gets. Can you educate them for me a little bit? Well, NHRA drag racing is P.T. Barnum on wheels at over 330 miles an hour. I mean, it's nitromethane. Uh, the ground shakes side-by-side, side, men and women racing. Uh, it's the greatest show on earth. But, but it's just amazing. I always said we don't have elephants. Now we ain't even going to have P.T. Barnum. The, the world's changing, but it's a great show. Uh, you, you know, you took at a front row two funny cars racing, side-by-side side make more horsepower than the whole field in a NASCAR race. 10,000 horsepower, two cars are 20,000. It, it's huge, uh, it, it, and women are in our sport. My daughter last week, Courtney driving the Advanced Auto Parts Chevy, set her on fire. I was in the car right behind her. Now, I don't like it. Number one, my kid walked away. She wasn't hurt. That was that was most important. She didn't get burnt. But, I mean, I thought I jumped out of my car and got on my bike and went to the end of the track not knowing what I was going to find. Oh. Your kids are everything. Yeah. And it was just really just amazing that she walked away unhurt. Talking with legendary NHRA drag racer John Force here on the Wendy's Big Show. You know, John, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. I'm not the biggest auto racing guy in the world. And the question I always ask guys like you when we get a bot is, how did you decide? Because it seems like a crazy notion to me to get behind the wheel of a car that goes faster than any reasonable person would ever want to go. But it goes one step further with you. I'm not a parent, but I, I know a lot of parents, and it seems like guys are more protective of their little girls than they are even of their own sons. How long did it take for you to be okay, even knowing everything that you know about the safety precautions that you guys take, for your little girl to get behind the wheel and face the risks like you just talked about? You know, I'm still not okay. I have to wear the hat of an owner. I've got to wear the hat of a, of, of a teacher, a competitor, and then the father hat. I mean, the first two calls were made was to my wife to say she's okay because they had it on Sports Center, they had it everywhere on Fox because they love the highlights. It's a bullfight, and they right. want to see the guy get stuck by the bull horn. That's just that's that's what they pay for. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. But my one daughter, Brittany, won the race in the final, and and in top fuel with the Monster Energy card, 
Uh, Courtney lost in the final in the funny car, but it was a good weekend. I drive the peak, uh, Motorola Peak Antifreeze uh, Chevrolet, and I'm really struggling bad, but I'm going to get it right, and uh, we're really looking forward to, to going after the championship this year. Hey, John, talk about uh, everybody was uh, in town and did a pretty cool thing with uh, the Milwaukee Area Technical College. Uh, Tom Hervis, who's the chairman of Orworld Industries, the parent company of, of Peak Automotive Brand, and co-founder of the Al Hervis uh, Adam Education Fund, announced a $3 million challenge grant to expand MATC's automotive programs and kickoff fundraising to create the Transportation Center at a March 28th ceremony earlier this year. Uh, Peter Fagan was among the speakers that were there, the president of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and, and it's really going to help uh, expand academic programming, and in, including the additional personnel and equipment expenses for the new transportation center to help you know kids become technicians and so forth coming out of middle school and high school. Let me tell you, Mr. Herbert is an unbelievable individual. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know his age, but he's got more energy than me. He can wear me out. But we love to talk together. Uh, he owns Old World Industries, and it's Peak Antifreeze and Coolant and Blue Death and, and their motor oil, all their brands that I drive for. He gave me a lifetime contract. I can drive as long as I'm competitive. Hell, Earnhardt never even got that. Nope. <laughs> but what I'm saying is uh, I know where he's coming from. I've been up uh, to the schools up there in Milwaukee. Um, uh, when I was a kid, my dad got up on Saturday morning, and he taught me and my brothers how to, how to build a car and take it apart and put it back together. But we don't have that anymore. The world has changed. And he works with the inner city, the kids, the youth in Milwaukee. He does scholarships at the Milwaukee Technical College. And it's it's so cool to go there and see these young kids that get a chance to learn the automotive, the diesel business, uh, to look to have a career. And let me tell you, we've hired from the technical schools. We put them in our, on our race team. I, I, I get mechanics out of the, uh, out of the military. I, I get them out of the middle of the country, off of farms where they've worked with their parents, and, and I get them, you know, military and from the technical schools. So he's really doing a great thing, investing his own personal money, his foundation. Uh, it's just, uh, I think it's called the Al Herbis um, Adams Foundation, and, and I'm trying to get it right here because he loves it, and he just does stuff for the kids. That's what he's all about. He's a great man, and he took care of this old man. So I'm having a great time in life. Hey, uh, one of our big sponsors uh, of this radio show, the big show here in the afternoon, uh, as well of uh, this radio station, is Great Lakes Dragaway uh, down in Union Grove. Roy Henning and uh, his dad have been great sponsors of ours. Now, you know you've had a chance to race there in the past. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great market, number one. I wish the NHRA would go in there. I think the closest to you is Chicago. Uh, but, but I've gone there. I've raced there over the years. Had a match race there uh, probably four or five years ago. I raced there with uh, Bazemore, a guy that I was always fighting, and they booked us in to come in. Uh, but um, it's, uh, it's a great track. Uh, we're looking to come back there. We have talked about it. Our schedule on NHRA is so crowded. You know what I mean? Like right now, we're doing back-to-back. We're racing every week for four or five weeks. And you, you, you can't even hardly get home. You do a turnaround, change your suitcase, and head back. But uh, great track, great facility, great fans. I hope to be back there someday. And you'll be at Route 66 in Chicago coming up July 6th to the 9th if uh, people want to come out and uh, watch you and your daughter's race. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people will be there. And uh, thanks so much for coming on, John. appreciate it. Yeah, I get to go there and throw out the first pitch to the, to the Cubs after 102 years. Better watch. I could put them back another 102 with me. Do it. Visit, but I get to be there with them. 
Do it. So I'm excited. Hey, if you put him back another 102 years, you can be a, a VIP holder at, at Miller Park whenever you want. Man. You, <laughs> you take care of them. We'll take care of you up here. They love Milwaukee, and thank you for getting my mind right. You took care of me. God bless you. Take John, care, John. We tend to have that effect on people. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. And John Forrest joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When you're ready to get into or back into the housing market, look no further than Great Midwest Bank. Visit greatmidwestbank.com to take the next step towards your new home. Welcome back to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's time for your NASCAR segment with Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe from racetalkradio.com. And, Laurie, one thing you can say about the Dover race, it sure had a crazy finish. It had a crazy finish, and it had a crazy middle and a start and (laughs) and everything that comes with, with Dover. I found it quite entertaining. Very entertaining race from start to finish, but NASCAR at the end of the day for the overtime, man, they didn't even come close to getting that track cleaned off. Uh, do you think that had something to do with the fact that there was that huge wreck down the day? Well, when I saw it happen in real time, I was livid that they that they restarted that race, and in my opinion, the track wasn't ready. But listening to some drivers they didn't seem to have any problem with it so so i just don't know i i don't know how they can see through this stuff but you know if this was a longer track like like pocono this weekend it wouldn't have been such a problem that you know the track isn't long enough to really have time for anything to settle once you once you create this huge plume of of baking powder basically and a few years ago they switched to this different brand of yeah. this of this drying compound. And this stuff seems to be a lot chalkier. I, I noticed that at races I've been at. It gets on everything, too, and it just doesn't seem to clean up as well. I'm kind of wondering, though, if a little more attention to detail would have kept that wreck away. It's hard to say. You almost expect there to be mayhem, wreckage, and carnage on a, a late restart like that so close to the end of the race. I would have been very amazed had they not had there not been some sort of wreckage because you know these guys are all they're all trying to they're all going for the same spot and these guys are getting two, three, four wide and it's they're just bound to they're just bound to wreck you know it's the last last couple of laps in the race so but yeah you're right that that uh, that speedy dry stuff is is a whole new ball game apparently when it gets on your tear off too it's it's just like basically putting a filter on your lens it's uh, so fine they uh, they just can't get rid of this stuff the fans seem to hate the overtime rule as well, the overtime line on the back stretch and all that sort of a deal. <laughs> and as we were talking about the drivers not understanding the rule, it seemed like a few drivers were sort of confused by the overtime rules again last well, week as well. It's just crazy. I, I don't know why they would be. It, it almost sounds convenient that they are. But do you truly think that had any other driver won this race other than Jimmy Johnson, P3 
people would be would still be up in arms. You know, this was Kyle Larson's race to lose. He basically once again he's a, he's a bridesmaid. Had Kyle Larson won, do you think there would have been the outcry that there has been with Jimmy Johnson winning? I no. don't think so. No, no way at all. And I think a couple of things contribute to that. Number one, fans love to complain about everything. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, Jimmy Johnson had the Kale Yarbrough tribute helmet on. Yeah. So, of course, the fix was in for him winning this race. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he did start at the back of the pack due to a NASCAR penalty. I don't think NASCAR would have done that uh, just for drama if they were trying to fix the race. And the, the one thing I will say, though, he seemed to be hanging back a little bit before they hit the restart zone because as soon as Kyle Larson went, the 48 had more room to get some momentum going. It, it's like he started accelerating, you know, maybe a little bit before mm-hmm. the restart zone. All right. I'm sorry, but we, due to time, we have to cut Dennis and Lori short. Uh, their entire. Uh, segments will be available online at 1057fmthefan.com. Just go to On Demand, click the little uh, drop-down menu, and go to Final Inspection, and uh, and you'll see uh, Dennis and Lori there. I want to thank Eddie Lapine, Aaron Tielitz, uh Johnny O'Connell, Tony DeZino, everybody, uh, John Forrest, Graham Rahal for joining the show, and thank you for listening. Check us out on Facebook at TFI, the final inspection show. And uh, we'll see you next week with more racing news. You're listening to the final inspection show here on 105.7 FM, the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 